Welcome to Dietary Dialogue, a podcast dedicated to answering questions about the nutrition sciences major. Our topic today is the world of sports dietetics. Our guest is Kennedy Springer. Kennedy came to UNLV Athletics in June of 2022 as the Director of Performance Nutrition, where she oversees the Sports Nutrition Department and works with all UNLV athletic teams. Before arriving at UNLV, Kennedy was a sports dietitian at the University of Louisville, where she worked with the softball, rowing, golf, tennis, and the men's soccer teams. Kennedy spent time at the University of Washington, where she was a 2020 to 2021 Gatorade Sports Nutrition Immersion Program Fellow. She worked directly with indoor volleyball, beach volleyball, baseball, and tennis. During her time at UW, Kennedy focused on providing body image interventions for student female athletes. Prior to becoming a registered dietitian, Kennedy played volleyball and was a volunteer coach at Utah State University Eastern. Kennedy is from Delta, Utah, and graduated from Southern Utah University in 2017 with a Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition Sciences. She earned a Master's Degree in Nutrition in 2020 from the University of Utah. Kennedy, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited. Thank you. So the questions that Kennedy is going to answer in today's podcast were submitted by UNLV students. If you want to submit questions, there will be a link in the show notes, and you can also submit them through the UNLV SNDA Instagram account. And I want to first say that I've worked with Kennedy in the past. She's an amazing dietitian and an amazing leader. And if you are a student wondering, how can I get involved? All of those sports teams sounded so cool that Kennedy has worked with in the past. How do I do that? There are opportunities available. So to just kind of like start us out, Kennedy, would you be willing to tell us about the opportunities for students in the sports field? Yeah. So we're always looking for volunteers and we will take anyone and everyone. Lots of fun opportunities too. So one of our biggest sports is football. Football has lots of opportunities to help us run the full operation. So it might be prepping fruit for practice or restocking their fueling station fridge or even being out at practice and making sure that the guys are staying hydrated, that we have electrolytes for them. So also in our Revel training table, being around the guys, helping them form performance plates and checking them in to make sure they're getting their meals. That's another really fun opportunity at football. The exciting thing is we have grown our department as well. So there's lots of opportunities on the Olympic side. So we can be doing things in Thomas and Mac, working with men's basketball, women's volleyball, women's basketball, and also over in lead, the rest of our Olympic teams are over there. So making sure that we have that fueling station stocked and are interacting with those athletes as well. So lots of opportunities and all that that students need to do is reach out to me via email and I can get on a phone call with them and we can figure out how our schedules connect. Yeah and I'll put your email down in the show notes below for any students that want to reach out. I have done this in the past. I'm not currently doing it just because of a busy schedule but I've done this in the past and it was so fun. You get to know so many other nutrition science students. You get to know um, a couple of dietitians and a lot of like the strength and conditioning staff. All these people that you just otherwise wouldn't be interacting with and it taught me so much about what does it look like to become a sports dietitian. You know we have this emphasis that you can have in the major. You can be a sports nutrition emphasis within the bachelor's program, but what does that look like? And you can go and you can see it firsthand, which is just so cool. Yeah. To that point, I actually love that about volunteering. Sometimes it doesn't seem like the most glamorous work and you're wondering, why would I want to be a dietitian in sports? Like this is a lot of hard work, but it lets you see what the career is going to look like. And it gives you an insight that with a lot of other professions, you don't have that opportunity to see it early on to make sure it is something you want to do. Yeah. How many people say like, oh, I want to be a surgeon, but you can't just go watch a surgery, you know? So it's very cool. It's very unique and just something that like we want as many students who want to take that opportunity to hop on that. 
So um, getting into our questions, these were all submitted by students. So like I said, if you want to submit a question, there are places for you to submit that question. Go to the show notes and, and you'll see that. But our first question is just kind of, I think, a good beginning to knowing Kennedy and knowing what sports dietetics is like. So the first one is, what does a day in your life as a sports dietitian look like? Yes. Love this question. And it's probably the favorite part of my job is the fact that every day is so different. So I'll go over kind of some basics and explain how it all combines. So obviously in sports, we're working individually with the athletes, whether it's sitting down individually with an athlete, going through a meal plan, helping them know their calorie needs, their macronutrient needs, what are their performance goals, what are their body comp goals, how do we hit those? So lots of one-on-one consults, seeing at least three to five athletes a day, um, working individually with them. Another huge area is just the team emphasis. So I do a lot of team education where the full team comes in. I do a presentation for the entire team to teach them about a nutrition topic. And team stuff also includes like attending practice, game days, being out hydrating them, lots of involvement for the team where you're just in the athletic setting, being able to be involved with the team setting. Obviously, food service is a huge part of it. So receiving orders, restocking our fueling stations, creating menus for our training table, all of the food service is going to be involved too. And just also looking at the administrative side. So being the director here, I also have a lot of administrative duties where I need to make sure that our department is functioning optimally. And one of my big goals is to grow nutrition here. So what am I doing on the administrative side to get more sports dietitians here, to help coaches understand what sports dietitians do, Mm -hmm. and to make sure like we are making UNLV Athletics a top team in the Mountain West Conference, that like we have a robust sports nutrition department. And so that's a huge part, too, is continuing to grow and show the worth of dietitians in collegiate setting as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have two dietitians that are working with you in this arena. Tell, yes. us, tell me a little bit about what it's like to work with them. Yes. So helpful to have them. When I started last year, it was just me. And my very first hire, within a month, we got a football dietitian. And that's huge for a football program because she is able to be in that building all the time, full time. She's at every meal, she's at every practice and really helps our football team succeed. It took me about a year to get that second dietitian. So looking at the Olympic side, we have 19 total sports here at UNLV. So if you take football out, we have 18. Now that we've brought our second dietitian on the Olympic side, we're able to do so much more for teams because there's two of us. So more manpower, more collaboration between all of us as dietitians and just helping us grow the department, but ultimately providing a better student athlete experience because we're able to provide so much more to our student athletes as we get a bigger team. I'm sure that means so much to student athletes too, to have them come from, I mean, most of them are coming straight from a career of sports in high school where their parents were making all their meals or just like, you know, whatever their situation was, it's drastically changed as they're now in a new environment with new stressors and new people around them and all this stuff. It probably means so much to be able to have you and another dietitian that they can go to and receive this like individualized counseling if they need help. Yes, it's huge. And, and it, like you said, a huge transition. So how can we be that constant for them to help them learn those life skills, to help them know how to have nutrition when their parents aren't doing it for them? Our next question is, what is your advice for someone who is interested in becoming a sports dietitian? So I think that a lot of sports nutrition, the overall like messaging is that it's hard to get into and there's not a lot of jobs and it is a new profession and we are slowly growing it but the biggest thing to start out and get into it 
it really comes down to volunteering. Mm -hmm. I look at myself and our other two dietitians here, like we all started in a sports nutrition program where we were up early in the morning making peanut butter and jellies or restocking (laughs) a fridge or whatever was needed, just getting our foot in the door by volunteering. And then once you have kind of gotten your foot in the door, you are volunteering, it's all the networking. So the dietitians that you're working with, who do they know and what opportunities do the people that they know have? And that's even my career wanting to get into sports nutrition. It was one volunteer opportunity that someone knew someone, so I got another opportunity and then that person knew someone else. And so I think just starting by getting in with some sports dietitian and continuing to expand your network. Absolutely. I like. I remember a dietitian that I met when I first decided that this was going to be the career path for me being like, oh, I know so many dietitians around town. And I was like, yeah, but like doctors in town don't know that many doctors in town. But it's so true. It is. It's a small world. And then you add sports on top of that and it becomes even smaller, I'm sure. And like while there are so many good connections to be made, it's how do I, like you said, network? How do I network with the people that are going to allow me to grow in this career path? Yes, for sure. And I think kind of to your point, network with them and just be the best that you can possibly be and they're going to refer you to other people and it is such a small world like word will travel really really fast the football dietitian galena i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong that you hired her based off of not somebody applying not her applying for the position but just you knew somebody who knew her who spoke highly of her yes so actually true for both dietitians that i've hired where with football and Galena, it was actually an athletic trainer. So not even a sports dietitian, an athletic trainer is who knew her. I had a position open, reached out and asked her to apply. Um, Zoe Harden is our new dietitian that we just brought on. And same thing, she had worked with someone here at UNLV, reached out to her. She also had another dietitian reach out to me that really highly recommended her. And so both mm-hmm. of them had dietitians, both of them had athletic trainers and strength coaches that spoke highly of them. And knowing that network is bigger than just dietitians too, especially yeah. in the sports world. Yeah, absolutely. Our next question is um, kind of a fun one. Do most students need to be as focused on eating protein as everyone seems to be? Yes, love that. And what I love about nutrition is every dietitian that you have sitting here would probably answer this differently. Mm. So the way that I'm going to answer is I'm going to say yes, because the student athletes I'm meeting with are under consuming protein, Mm. especially early in the day. So I think that we emphasize protein a lot as an athlete because of muscle mass and they're trying to get stronger, bigger, faster, stronger. We Mm -hmm. hear that all the time. But then you also get the messaging of as a general population, we eat enough protein. But when Mm. we look at student athletes and we look at them trying to perform their sport and to increase that muscle mass, like protein is going to be a huge component of that. So what I really message with protein is, yes, we want our overall amount, but what I break it down for student athletes is protein is important at every single meal. You Mm. have to be getting 30 to 40 grams at breakfast. You have to be getting 30 to 40 grams at lunch. You have to be getting 30 to 40 grams at dinner. And so even though I'm not like pushing protein, like you need 200 grams a day, like super high amounts, I need it consistently at our meals, at our snacks. If you think about a traditional breakfast, Mm -hmm. it's like a waffle and syrup syrup and sugar and fruit and like even though those all have a role and we need the carbohydrate because that provides energy what is our protein intake did we wait until noon or do we wait till dinner and we're getting 60 grams at once when we could have had 30 consistently throughout the day yeah and I'm sure I mean I know a lot of people that um, are trying to increase their protein intake and when it ends up on that one meal it just feels like too much they're like I can only eat so much chicken breast right but like you said if you diversify if it comes from breakfast lunch and dinner then it doesn't feel especially because um, correct me if I'm wrong but protein can be very satiating Mm -hmm. and so if you've just worked out 
and you are very tired and you maybe don't have an appetite yet and then you try and eat something very satiating you're probably like oh eating's the worst and, and you develop this negative relationship yeah and that's so true too that's even kind of jumping into the sports nutrition products like that's why we're giving a liquid protein drink after a lift mm-hmm. because yeah they maybe don't want a big full meal of 30 grams of steak on their plate but can we get that protein in via liquids easier to digest not going to be as satiating going to go through mm-hmm. the system a little bit better so lots of benefits and strategy around when we're giving protein and what form we're giving it in and why. Yeah. So let me kind of branch off of that a little bit. For the average student who's just staying fit, maybe isn't a a student athlete, isn't training every single day, but just kind of, oh, I hear, you know, every time I go to the gym, I hear so much about protein, but I am just doing a very average amount of, you know, I run every once in a while, I lift every once in a while. Do they need to be concerned with protein as well? Yes. I think that one fun part about my job is, yes, I'm in college athletics, but I get questions about the average population all the time. And Mm -hmm. I give the same messaging. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't need clear up to 40 grams. But if you're an average everyday person, you're going to the gym, even if you're not, especially if you're not because you're not building muscle mass Mm -hmm. as quickly as someone who is going to the gym, you still need your 30 grams each of your meals. And the reason athletes maybe are getting more is we're doing multiple training sessions in there. So we're giving them protein after the training sessions too. But your baseline individual, we need to be getting at it every single meal. No, you don't need the 60 grams. We don't need to go super high, but a consistent amount throughout the day is going to make a huge difference for them and their muscle mass. Um, Also with muscle mass correlated to lifelong health. So Mm -hmm. if we want to look at like our lifelong health over time, whether you're an athlete or not, you want to have muscle mass. That's going to be a function later in life. You're going to be able to function better if you have muscle mass. So making sure it's a priority regardless if you're an athlete or not. Yeah, these student athletes and students in general aren't just students, right? This is just a temporary part of their life. They're not going to be um, somebody with a dietitian on hand all the time, but they will live the rest of their life. And you want it to be something that they feel good about. And it's not like, oh, I killed myself in the first half of my life and now I'm paying for it later, you know? Yeah. Nice. So somebody who read your bio asked, what is SNP or SNIP? I'm not super familiar with it. Um, And can anyone become a part of it? Yes. SNP is sports, the SNP part stands for Sports Nutrition Immersion Position Fellow. So when you think about being a SNP, anyone can be part of it, but there are requirements. So what happens with a SNP is the CPSDA, which is the Sports Nutrition Organization, it stands for Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietetics Association. Mm -hmm. They partner with Gatorade and they sponsor 10 SNPs per year. So Mm -hmm. when I was going to school, you have to be a registered dietitian to become a SNP. You can apply before you're a dietitian, but once you start that position, you have to be a dietitian. And what happens is later in the year, so like November to December, sites across the country apply to CPSDA to be a host site for SNPs. So this Mm -hmm. can range anywhere from a college setting, a professional setting, a sports science institute, um, looking at the tactical side as well. So they all apply and they have to get chosen to be one of these top sites. Then once those sites are chosen in January and February, students who are going to be an RD by the summertime Mm -hmm. can then apply to be a SNP at one of these sites. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to... I like to think of it as going to med school and like a matching process. So then what happens is the top sites get chosen, the top students get chosen, and you interview. And so when I was doing a SNP, I actually interviewed with four locations and I ranked them. And then it's a matching process. So wherever they're ranking you and you're ranking them, you get matched to a site and you go to a fellowship for about eight months. And it's a paid fellowship. It's really 
competitive and robust because the people and the sites that are hosting the SNPs have to have gone through the application process and they're veteran sports dietitians. So they've been in the field for a mm-hmm. long time. They've got lots of experience and you as a brand new dietitian get to jump in and immediately start learning from them. Very cool. Very cool. So where were you at for that? I did my SNP at the University of Washington in Seattle. Okay, that's right. That's right. If you do get into that program, become a SNP, then do you stay at that program for a certain amount of time? And then generally, do you see people stay or do they then go and work somewhere else? So you most traditionally see them do their eight-month fellowship and then apply for a full-time job and go somewhere else. Okay. There's a couple circumstances where the university has been able to show how valuable the SNP is, and they Mm -hmm. create a full-time dietitian position, and Mm -hmm. then they're able to stay on. And so that's one option, but most traditionally you're going to see them do that year-long eight-month fellowship, apply to a position, and then start their first full-time position after the SNP fellowship. Very cool, very cool. Our next question is, what advice would you give for students who would like to explore sports dietetics as a career? Biggest advice, and I know I keep coming back to it, but getting yourself in the field. So whether it's volunteering, whether it's reaching out, but no matter what your profession is, connecting with the people who are currently doing it to figure out if it's something you like. And so that's my biggest thing is start volunteering, get yourself in the places where sports dietitian is happening, Mm -hmm. sports nutrition is happening, and see if it's a fit for you because it is a lot of hours and it is a complete different culture. So make sure it's something you like to do mm-hmm. and then just start networking from there and go do a really, really good job. And you can start to network. You can start to find different connections and you can really, truly understand the culture of sports nutrition and make sure it's mm-hmm. a good fit for you. I like to use the word culture there because I think that was one of the things I experienced when I went and experienced volunteering for the first time. I was like, oh, this is a different culture then, you know, the world of being a registered dietitian, you have so many different paths that you can take, right? We often think clinical, community, food service, but within each of those branches, there is so much more that can happen. And in sports, it kind of is its own culture. It's like its own community. It has its own way of interacting with one another. And so if you then try to get into that after you're already in RD, and then you try to throw yourself into the sports world, it's going to be something completely unfamiliar to you. But if you've already volunteered, you already know it, then it's like, I know this culture. I love that you said that because one thing that I say all the time is, If I'm getting a resume, someone applying for a job, it means more to me that they have sports nutrition experience or have been exposed to it than they've been a dietitian for five years. Hmm. Because we can always teach the sports nutrition, but there is a culture to sports that Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you've been involved in and that it is a good match for you and it is something you like. So even if it is just a volunteer or an intern opportunity that's on the resume, Mm -hmm. it shows they've been in sports, they're gonna be one of my top candidates because of that experience and understanding sports culture. Nice. Uh, Our next question is, what is your process for assessing an athlete's nutritional needs? Yeah, so athletes are going to be very unique and every athlete is different. So I think kind of baseline, when you're thinking about assessing an athlete, sitting down with them, I always start with what is their goal? So I never am gonna know exactly what their needs are if we don't know what the goal is. Are Mm -hmm. we trying to put on muscle mass? Are they maybe trying to lean out? Are they trying to transition to a new position? Like what is their goal and what are they trying to get out of it? Mm -hmm. Then as I start to assess, I think of all those different things. So even within one team, they're gonna be different needs based on the position they play. A goalie is not gonna be the same nutrition needs as a striker. Um, If you're looking at volleyball, an outside hitter is not going to be the same as libero. Mm -hmm. And all of our athletes have different body sizes um, and different muscle masses that we're looking at. So sitting down with them, making sure you know their goal, 
and then knowing what are their unique needs what is their position what is their body size and then calculating from that so that's Mm -hmm. kind of the baseline of what I do and I think another part of assessment is not giving an athlete too much at once so assess where they're at and what are they willing to do thinking Mm -hmm. of those stages of change where are they at in that process how can we do something small and just keep building on it and meet them where they're at I think like um, something that came to my mind as well is that like you're dealing with a student athlete but they're also more than an athlete so maybe you're dealing with a female athlete who really needs to build muscle but is a little bit scared of building muscle and if you don't sit down and you don't talk to them about it you're just going to be trying to get them to put on muscle and not addressing this this psychological fear that can come with that because they're they're more than just an athlete right than just working on a field or a court or whatever it may be they're a person too yes I think that's a really good point with student athletes and every consult that you're doing back to those open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. So when I do ask, what are your goals? I ask why I really Mm -hmm. challenge them. And, and even exploring that of a female athlete and muscle mass and say, they do say they're scared of it. Well, why let's explore it. Let's dive deeper. And so always asking those open-ended questions to truly form that relationship with a student athlete, build the trust and really understand where they're at and where they could maybe go to help their performance. I love that. I love that. So our very last question is, what advice would you give to students wanting to balance health and fitness? When you think about balance in life, I think, especially in the being a student and no matter what you're doing, I'm actually a firm advocate that it's compromise, not balance. Hmm. If we try to balance a hundred things at once, like they're all going to fall. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. So thinking of, okay, you're a student, but you're also trying to balance your health and your fitness. Maybe you don't have time for all of them. So where are we compromising and where are we putting our priorities? Hmm. School is probably going to be a pretty high priority and you're going to have to invest a lot of time in that. Maybe that means your social is lacking a little bit. Hmm. Or maybe fitness is your highest priority right now. Thinking of training for a marathon or something like that. I know that I went through when I was training for my marathon, all of a sudden my life was a little bit unbalanced because I was spending so much time running. Mm -hmm. And so I think baseline when they're trying to balance health and fitness, like what stage of life are you at? and what's gonna be top priority. And obviously Mm -hmm. things are gonna be a little bit compromised, but thinking of all the areas that matter to you, what are a couple things that we can do in each of them? So using the student athlete example or a student example, yes, you're a student, what things does that require? But you also want to have health and you also wanna have fitness. What little things that can we do to make sure that you're staying physically active? Maybe you make a commitment three times a week that you're going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Looking at the nutrition and the health side, Maybe it's as simple as I'm going to really make sure I have a performance plate. I have carbohydrate, protein, and fruits and vegetables on my plate. And that's the extent of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. At different stages of life, you'll have different time to invest in the other areas. But I think being really honest with yourself as a student and not overwhelming yourself with balancing at all, compromising and finding out what's most important at this stage of life. So the student, when they submitted this question, just jogged my memory to a quote that I read because I am always thinking about balance, right? I do a lot of different things and I read somewhere that somebody said like you can never actually have balance you can only ever be where you're at and you're out of balance when you're not where you're physically at so you you find yourself as a student athlete at practice but you are thinking about school and you you feel out of balance in that way because something else is drawing your attention so I like that compromise of maybe my compromise right now is just going to be taking my mental energy and focusing on I'm having this meal and, yes. in, and eating this meal, or I'm in practice right now, so my mental energy is going to be on practice. And then when I leave, I'm gonna compromise somewhere else. 
yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense and 100% agree. And I think the coolest thing with all of it is that that's a life skill that you mm-hmm. can use 30 years from now. Because even when you're not a student athlete, you're still trying to balance everything. And so applying all of those principles now is just going to make you more successful and happier in the long term. Mm. I love that. Do you have anything else that you want to tell students in the nutrition sciences before we give some announcements and sign off? My biggest thing to students is just go be the best version of yourself and everything will work out. I think I look back at my time at school and it's overwhelming and there's so many things that you have to do and you don't know what your career is going to be or what part of sports nutrition or dietetics that you're going to explore. It will all work out if you just go be your best version of yourself. Opportunities will come along that you can latch on to and pursue them when they come. So don't spend so much time stressing about it. Be in the moment, like you said, and make the most of it, and things will come along and everything will work out. I think what you were talking about, too, with your hires coming from somebody in athletic training recommending them, that speaks to them not just being like, oh, I got to put on a game face when other dietitians are around or think, or my professors are around. That speaks to them just being true to themselves and being passionate about something, even when the people around them aren't necessarily who we think of as career-boosting people, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think another cool part of working in sports nutrition is the relationships. And so you look at the athletic training or the strength and conditioning coach, maybe you're not trying to impress them for networking, but they genuinely are some of your best friends. You're spending Mm -hmm. so many hours with them and just making the best work-life balance environment possible Mm. and I think that that goes to help you network down the road just creating a really really great work culture yeah going back to that culture idea that I love well as far as announcements go we have an SNDA meeting that is open to all not just people who are currently members of SNDA that's going to be at the nutrition center at 4 p.m on September 13th the nutrition center is in the same building as the UNLV food pantry so if you look that up on google maps you'll be able to get there Our next guest on the podcast will be Samantha Coogan. She's the director of the didactic program in nutrition and dietetics. So what we commonly think of as the bachelor's program in nutrition sciences. And I just want to thank Kennedy again for being here and thank her for all of the words of wisdom. If you have any questions further for Kennedy or you want to volunteer with the football or the Olympic sports, then there will be a link in the bio for you to email her or to um, sign up on a sign up sheet. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.